You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. It's your weekly technology auditory gem. We are, of course, born on the radio and raised by technology. Thank you for tuning into tomorrow during our 26th year on the air. This for the weekend of Friday, October 1st. 2021. Coming to you from the Dexcom G6 Studios, the only continuous glucose monitor FDA permitted for kids ages two years and up. Be sure to visit DEXCOM.com. As the announcer dude said, I am Dave Graveline. As the announcer dude didn't say, I'm Chris Graveline. Well, did you want the announcer dude to say that? Because every time I've said, hey, put your name on the logo, no, 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 don't want that. You're not a people person. I've always said, you're you're the play by play, I'm the color guy. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we can go with that. So tech news and commentary, and then back to your calls. We've got Rick standing by in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and a whole bunch of other folks that have some great questions, some great input. Since your calls, your participation, make the Into Tomorrow program each and every week. And that's important. We want to hear from you. And yes, officially, as of last week, the huge into tomorrow, cool, hot summer giveaway things. I haven't forgot how to say it because it's over for this year. But we still have prizes for you. And, and real quick, how does one best do that? There's Well, there's three cool ways that folks are using. Pick the, one. The most popular way lately is uh, by visiting our site at intotomorrow.com and clicking that uh, Ask Dave button. As long as your device has a browser and a microphone. Well, if it has a browser, you can go to the site. If you can't go to the site, it doesn't have a browser. Well, very but, very good deduction. But, All right. If it also has a, a microphone, you can hit that button and send us a question, a comment, uh, anything. Helping another listener, perhaps, some tech rage, whatever. So in other words, you're saying anything with a browser and a microphone. So it could be your smartphone. It could be your tablet. They can't see you shaking your head. Yes, you have to say something. Uh, it It could be your laptop. Yes. It could be your desktop. Yes. It could be if you have a shoe phone, as long as it's got a browser, get smart, you could use that. Sure. All right. Uh, you could alternatively use the free Into Tomorrow app for... But wait, allow me to redress the first element, though. We ask three things of you when you use the Ask Dave mic button at intotomorrow.com. Well, yeah, tell us your One, name. Your name, it's important. Uh, two, where, you're, where you're participating from and how you listen to the show. And three, that yes. there you go. One, two, three. So first name, where you are, and how you hear the show. Yeah. All right. Very easy. Now, you mentioned another way, second way. Into Tomorrow app for iOS and Android. It's free. It won't cost you anything, and there's no charge. So you just search those two words in your favorite app store, Into Tomorrow. Right. And voila. All right. Or you could use the old-fashioned way and actually uh, hit those numbers on the phone, uh, 800-899-INTO. That, that would be our digits. Yes. Uh, okay. 800-899-4686. There you go. Things are not quite a teenage dream at Instagram as the Facebook-owned photo and video sharing network kicked off the week by putting its Instagram Kids standalone application on hold and issuing its rebuttal to a very damning story earlier this month in the Wall Street Journal. 
With Instagram Kids, Facebook had argued that young people were using the photo-sharing app anyway. <laughs> so they said, what the heck? Uh, despite age requirement rules, so it would be better, they said, to develop a version more suitable for them. Facebook also said the Kids app was intended for ages 10 to 12 and would require parental permission to join, yeah, right, forego ads and carry more age-appropriate content and features. The popular photo-sharing platform has been repeatedly asked to abandon the nascent Instagram Kids project over concerns about privacy, screen time, and the mental health of young people. Calls to shut it down escalated after the Wall Street Journal report showed the company knew that Instagram could negatively affect kids, especially teenage girls, and they didn't care. Finally, though, they said, you know what, we're putting it on hold because of all the brouhaha. Really? It's so typical of Zuckerberg. Facebook, uh, of course, owns Instagram, so they're the ones making these decisions. And this very long, convoluted article title from Wall Street Journal, we only have a three-hour show, so it's hard for us to, to give you the entire title of this article. I think it took several pages just for the title. Was really absolutely slamming them appropriately for all sorts of things. Yes. Um, and speaking of three-hour show, for those that are here at least this first hour, uh, we have a brand-new affiliate. One of our most favorite things to do is to welcome a new affiliate, KATL 770 AM in Miles City, Montana. And, of course, special thanks to Donald Richard and his team for helping us bring you into tomorrow, starting today and every Sunday at 1 p.m. And they also carry our uh, daily features every day. While we're talking about affiliates, WDEL, in addition to Sunday from 2 to 5 p.m., now also airing the program on Saturdays from 8 to 10 p.m. So if you're listening to us on Saturday evening and you missed any of the show right now, then catch us on Sunday. Tune in tomorrow from 2 to 5 and get the whole show again. There you go. Uh, you got to love it when they rerun into tomorrow the next day. A lot of our stations are doing that. That's why we always use the Friday dates going into every weekend. So when you want to check out our show notes, come back and hear your call, check out the videos of our guest interviews, that sort of thing, you know where to go. In this case, this is the weekend of Friday, October 1st. So, again, a special welcome to KATL 770 AM, Miles City, Montana. And we always have special prizes for the first few listeners that participate from all of our newest affiliates. So if you're listening and you have a question, a comment, help for another listener, join us and win extra goodies. One of the big news stories this week, uh, because uh, after Samsung released their new products, and then Microsoft released their new products, and then Apple released their new products, <laughs> Amazon didn't want to be left out. Of course not. So, oh, so we'll be, you know, throughout the show today, we'll be telling you some about some of their announcements. But uh, Is that a pun on Amazon packages being left outside your door? M- maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, they, they unveiled a bunch of stuff. Yeah, including a, a new home assistant robot called Astro. Oh, gee. Be the first on your block to spend $1,000 for this. Well, no, but you have to request an invite to be able to spend Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's one of these yeah. things. You um, can't but, just buy it. You have to request an invite in to order be able to, buy, to it. be able to yes. buy it. How stupid. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, but this thing can help with home security monitoring, act as a mobile device, and more. It's got a 10-inch touchscreen that can show a, a face, in quotes, because uh-huh. it's not a real face. But it's just two circles that look like eyes as yeah. it approaches you or something. Okay. It you know, scoots around your house on wheels. So they, they call it Astro for, from the dog from Jetsons, but it's yeah. more like Rosie from Jetsons. So That's they, true. They missed that little boat there. Well, Astro the dog, yeah. and because it's small. it's not a, It doesn't do made-like things. 
Yeah. It won't even fetch. What does it do? Probably nothing. Yeah, for at least, at least, at least nothing that's worth a thousand dollars. Yeah, in my opinion. Well, stay tuned. We'll give you much more info about some of the other things, some interesting things that Amazon released or announced this week. So again, stay tuned, and we'll share more details with you throughout the broadcast today. Meantime, Rick in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, listening on seven ten Keel. Hey, Rick, welcome into tomorrow. With the shortage of brand new vehicles and computer chips. Is that going to affect other consumer electronics? And are we able to produce or can Ford or any of the major manufacturers produce their own chips? Or are they dependent on uh, foreign companies? Or where do those chips come from? Good question, Rick, actually. It's, it's already affecting many other industries, though the scale at which they're affected may be different. The semiconductor market, like everything else these days, is global. And that goes for both the finished product and the raw materials that make up those chips. Producing them locally isn't always physically possible, but assuming the raw materials are there, the cost is also a concern. So effectively producing them locally, even where possible, is likely not viable for anything that isn't a strategic concern. Yeah, for example, building expensive chips locally for a power station's controllers could probably be subsidized. But building a $100 chip for a $600 phone or computer won't help anyone. There's another big and very obvious problem with building chips where they're not currently being built. If you had the raw materials and you could do it cheaply enough, then you'd still need the machinery, the facilities, and the workforce. Intel is building factories in the U.S. right now, but they probably won't be ready before this particular shortage ends. It's just not worth the trouble to work around a problem that is expected to last between a few months and a year in a very slow and very expensive way, like reworking where and how industry produces components. Yeah, but Rick, I hope we helped answer your question. It's a very important one. Of course, we've been talking about, as you know, the last couple of months here, but it is uh, interesting to follow. And of course, our weekly reminder, important, back up your important data. Oh, and check your spam filters too. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Into Tomorrow continues, and of course, with a little tech tidbit for you to share, a little tech fact, 51% of Internet traffic is non-human. 31% is made up of hacking programs, spammers, and malicious phishing. 
And me, because I've been referred to as non-human many times. Yeah, well, that's just because you're not a people person. (laughs) Anyway, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available wherever you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Stay tuned, and uh, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to be chatting with Erica Smith. She's the VP of Business Development for a company called Tools for Patient. Uh, They're working to improve drug development by combining insights from patient personnel with machine learning to better match results for uh, drug testing. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, by drug testing, we're not, we don't mean illicit drugs. We mean testing for new medications, new drugs to come on the market. Very interesting how, and she talks about how they're using machine learning, AI, uh, to develop these, or determine these personality traits. Because people are in various clinical trials are all different. And whether you get a placebo or the drug that they're trying to get approved, your reactions to things and your personality can make a very interesting difference. So looking forward to chatting with her. I think you'll find it fascinating. And, of course, we've got video for you as well as as we do with all of our interviews. So be sure and visit intotomorrow.com to check that out. And just because our annual huge summer giveaway has ended as of last week, we still have Plenty of cool tech items, as always, to share with you each and every week when you participate. Chris is going to tell you this week the kinds of cool select items that we're sending out when we hear from you. We've got uh, from CarLock, their advanced real-time car tracker and alert system. We had them on the show, uh, I think, a month or so ago talking about that. It was really cool stuff. Um, Ilago, we also had them on, I think, last week. talking. They sent some snapshot cases for AirPods and AirTag. Uh, Cosmo sent some Junior Track 2 smartwatches for kids. We're actually going to have their CEO on the show next week, so you'll want to check that one out. We've got uh, indoor pan tilt security cameras with human and pet AI from Eufy. And iHealth has sent a wireless fingertip pulse oximeter. Really? Yes. I have one of those. They're very handy because it's important to know. I've had it ever since I was in the hospital with the Rona a year ago, last month. (laughs) So you learn the importance of pulse ox readings. And I haven't been checking it lately because I've been feeling fine. But it's important to know that. And especially if you're short of breath or you're wondering and you you know et cetera, if your pulse ox is low, you got some issues and you gotta seek some medical attention. Yes. So rumor has it we got a listener call earlier the week that was specifically for one person in particular. Who is yes. who isn't normally with us here in the studio. That's true. That's a good point. He is he's in the studio every chance he gets when he comes to visit when you have him every other weekend. But this was a very unique situation. Uh, because we got a call from Danny in Texas with a question for Cameron. So it's me, a rocket man, Dan's son, Danny, and I have a tech question for Cameron. So I have a YouTube channel called Cool Cats Gaming, and uh, I would like to know what the best recording software to make YouTube videos on an Android is. So hopefully you can answer that. And uh, Cameron, have a good day. And thanks to all of you. Into tomorrow. Bye. Hey, Danny. Thank you for talking about your YouTube. Don't worry. I will go check it out and I might subscribe. So if you see something called Banana Boy, that would be me. There's a lot of apps that make YouTube videos on Android and many are free. So look around until you find one you like. But here are some that I think that are worth checking out. Vlog it. 
It's a free one, and it's great. It has simple user interface, and you can add text and animations and filters and trim the video. Even you can share it to social media. Power Director. It's also a free, and it might work better for you if you want to have commentary on your video. It allows you to record a voice track to layer over the video. You can also add other soundtracks by dragging and dropping. Fillmore Go might also work for you too. It's free, but it has in-app purchases. It will let you create clips for your YouTube and make custom square video clips for your Instagram too. You can also just record the video on your phone and then edit it on a computer if you want more options and more powerful software. But it will take a lot more work. I hope that helps, Danny. Cam, that was a very cool answer. Thank you. I'm sure Danny appreciates that. And we want to remind his dad and Danny, of course, Dan Schlund is the rocket man, that you can hear and see Cameron's answer when you visit intotomorrow.com. And you'll hear Danny's call and Cam's answer right there for you. Now, meantime, while I've got you in the studio, Cam, we talked last week on the show about how you decided on your own to give up TikTok. Why is that? Um, because when I started looking, then um, I wasn't realizing what the sounds really meant and how much bad words I was hearing. And then I thought to myself, if I were grown up, would I really want people hearing me about like the kid who's always on TikTok? And that's mm. what my team used to call me, the TikTok kid. Your football team? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I quit it, and I'm you, happy about you, it. Even though I'm trying to find some stuff I'm doing on my phone, I did find the game. But it's probably worth it, so I'm really happy about it. You know, I'm happy about it, and your dad and I talked about it on the show last week, as I mentioned, that you were mature enough. I mean, you're only nine years old, but you decided on your own. Your mom didn't tell you to get off it. You know, I didn't tell you. Your dad didn't tell you. You said, you know what? I don't need this. The songs that they offer up are often full of bad words. Uh, some of the images you see on there are inappropriate, as you said. So you thought... I don't need this. And, and plus, you don't want to be known as the TikTok kid because then people are going to think, oh, really? You know, he's awfully young for that. Now, you do know that you're supposed to be 13 to be on that anyway. And that's another reason why I quit because there's a lot of things that aren't made for nine-year-olds. That's true. That's true. Now, the, the thing I'm going to miss the most is you were like the first, well, you were my first follower on TikTok. And of course, I don't post anything nasty anyway. Yeah. But you also were the only one who always liked my posts. So, oh well. But I'm glad that you're. Oh, Pepe? Yeah. So I was looking through your videos and I saw this commentary. Um, here's a shout out. I saw you saying, I forgot your username. But uh, you it's said. Just I'm- at Dave Graveline. Yeah. yeah. On your tic- on Pepe's TikTok, yeah. there was this kid or guy. He said, hey, I love the show. So here's a shout out for you. And thank you so much for the commentary. Thank you for watching the show. And I hope you have a great day. Awesome. By the way, um, I am also running for um, a class representative. Really? Wait, hold on. Fourth grade has a class representative that you can be elected to? Two. Two representatives. I'm hoping I'm going to run for class representative, so wish me luck. Good luck, by all means. I tell you what, can you take us to the commercial break?
Yes, uh, I can. You just give our website, tell people stay tuned into tomorrow. and Stay tuned into tomorrow. And I'm sad that the summer giveaway has already ended. I know. So just wait till the next one. And maybe we also might give um, a giveaway maybe like on Christmas or something. What well, about that? We do giveaways every week anyway. But just the summer giveaway is always the biggest one. But we have prizes for people who call in right now or next week or next month. So if you want to be one of those people, make sure you listen to the show and call in win stuff. Thank you. Now, so many great and easy ways for you to participate anytime, 24-7. Call 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Hit the red Ask Dave mic on the right side of any browser at intotomorrow.com. Use the Message to Studio button on our free Into Tomorrow apps. Text our 800 number. Please give your first name and city and how you hear us. Okay, now take us to the break. And we'll be back right after this commercial break. Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. It's our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in consumer technology today and into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. Thanks for tuning in. We thank you in advance for calling in and participating because you actually make the show. Your questions, your comments, your help for other listeners, your tech rage, whatever the case is what Into Tomorrow is all about. And you don't have to wait until you hear the show next week to call in, for example, or you don't have to call in right now. You can call in anytime at your leisure. And there's three very cool, very easy ways to join us. The newest by many folks is just visiting our website on anything with a browser and a microphone. So your desktop, your laptop, your tablet, your smartphone... Visit intotomorrow.com, click on the Ask Dave little red microphone button on the right side, and participate that way. You can ask a question or, or what have you. And when you do, we ask only three quick things of you. Don't forget to give us your first name, where you're joining us from, and how you hear the show. On your favorite radio station, what podcast or stream, however the case. Or you can use the free Into Tomorrow app available for Android and iPhones, of course. And that's available at your favorite uh, app store. So just visit there, look for those two words, Into Tomorrow, and then hit that message the studio button. Or the old-fashioned way still works. If you have a phone that actually can be used as a phone these days, then you can call 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Anytime, all of the above, at your convenience, 24-7. 
We came across a company that's working to improve drug development by combining insights from patients' personality with machine learning. So it caught our attention. It's certainly about tech and We as consumers become patients periodically, hopefully not too often, but whatever can be done, I think, to help those kinds of connections has got to be helpful. So the vice president of business development for tools for patient is Erica Smith. Erica Smith, thank you for coming on and joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure. It sounds very unique what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the company Tools, the number four patient, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, I'd I'd be happy to. So um, our founders eight years ago when they started the company recognized one very simple fact that when when clinical trials are run to develop drugs, and maybe let me just put this in context for the audience. Please. So as a reminder, any drug that finally reaches patients has to go through clinical testing and clinical trials. And this is done in three phases. And then the data is submitted for regulatory approval. And of course, this process takes several years. It can take five, six, seven years. Um, and it costs, quite frankly, billions of dollars. Um, so anything that goes awry in that, in that clinical development process, and there are many things that can happen. Um, will prevent the, the drugs from reaching the patients that need them. And, and that was one of the motivations behind the foundation of Tools for Patients. So our founders recognized one simple fact, that when these clinical trials are conducted, they collect a lot of biological data. They might collect vital signs or blood work or medical images, but they fail to consider the patient as, as an individual. So we recognize that patients are people, that clinical trial subjects are actually human beings with a full spectrum of personality, psychology, um, with uh, you know different beliefs and different motivations. So when you think about it, it makes a lot of a lot of intuitive sense. But this is not cons- historically been considered in drug development. Yeah, because I'm, so I'm, a, I'm, assu- I'm yeah. assuming, Erica, that a lot of those various aspects can affect the outcome of a Absolutely. drug trial in this example, right? Absolutely. So consider, you know, a very simple example. You can have one person that that's uh, an optimist that has an optimistic perspective on the world and maybe they come from a culture with a very strong belief in in the power of medicines and those two things are going to influence how that patient responds to drugs and even how that patient behaves in the trial maybe how how likely they are to take their medications versus not and those are the kinds of things we are trying to better understand use it by 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 in incorporating an understanding of patient's personality, motivations, beliefs, and expectations into the clinical data analysis. And that sounds fascinating to me. I mean, obviously, you've got to take that into consideration. And yet, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, that's not a part, generally, of clinical trials that can take many years, of course, unless you're a coronavirus vaccine, which uh, (laughs) can take only months. Uh, But the the point is, those, I I can understand, are, are some important factors. When we hear about all kinds of clinical trials, drug tests, various things, we also hear typically Mm -hmm. about placebos given to some in the group because you've got to have some variables. So how does the placebo response, uh, how is that affected by what you guys do? uh, And why is it, Mm -hmm. for that matter, even an issue in drug development? Absolutely. It's a great question. You know, uh, the gold standard of, of randomized controlled trials is comparing the response 
of the patients that receive drug to the response of the patients that receive placebo. And the reason this is the gold standard is because the placebo response is a very real and significant issue. So what the placebo response is, it's an improvement, a clinical improvement and improvement of symptoms or disease in patients receiving only an ineffective or sham treatment or that placebo or sugar pill. Mm -hmm. And when those patients have an improvement, it can muddy the waters in understanding whether the drug actually works. It's critically important to make sure that when a drug reaches mark, reaches patients, that it has benefit above and beyond the placebo response. And when there's a strong placebo response in the study, it muddies the waters, it creates noise in the data, and that makes it much more difficult to distinguish the real efficacy of the drug from just the response to placebo. And, and quite and frankly, uh, my thought is that, that the pharmaceutical companies can't be too thrilled, not that I'm concerned for them, they, they make enough billions <laughs> of dollars, but the fact is that they've got to be concerned because if they're getting better and wait, these people are on the placebo, they're not even taking our drug, uh, then that's got to make them sort of panic. And, and, and I don't know that this would be the case, but maybe try to not produce as many results that way or cover up some of those results or say, well, that's skewed weird. Uh, I like how you called it, you know, a, a sham product because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know you don't mean that in a negative way. It's it's a sham in the, in the sense that it's not part of the drug. It, we just want to see how other people react uh, to the same period of time and stuff. So it can get very confusing. So I'm, I'm thinking absolutely AI can play a role here that has never been played before. Yeah, it really can. And the reality of the situation is that most drugs that enter clinical development never make it to patients. Only about 10 to 20 percent of drugs that enter phase one development become approved in the end. And about half the drugs that enter late stage clinical development fail because they they are unable to develop to demonstrate efficacy. So that can come from one of two things. Either the drug doesn't work, which is unlikely at that late stage of the game after a decade, maybe in many cases of research, or maybe because it's too difficult to show that it works because of this placebo response. So so the end result is there are many potentially very good drugs that are abandoned because of this issue. And again, that prevents them from reaching the patients that, that really need them. So, you know, really our focus is, is, and that's why the word patient is in the name, our focus as a company is helping drugs reach the patients that, that are waiting for, for efficacious therapies. Uh, so, so, yes, and we use AI to, to um, understand the psychological data and then integrate that into the clinical data analysis. Gotcha. So I'm assuming then that's how Tools for Patient does its job. We're chatting with Erica Smith, the Vice President of Business Development for a company called Tools for Patient. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned. There's much more to learn. This is fascinating as Into Tomorrow continues. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. (laughs) 
Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. We're talking with the VP of Business Development for Tools for Patient, Erica Smith. Uh, I understand you have uh, something called uh, the Place Bell. Uh, mm-hmm. What is that and how does that become part of the project? Yep. So, so the Place Bell approach um, is basically a way to predict each patient's placebo response. And we do that by, by first understanding the personality of the patient. Um, we spent uh, years and years doing research on this to develop this, this tool. Um, and essentially what we're trying to do is, as I said, build in this, this method to account for the fact that one patient may have a very strong response to placebo and the next patient may have little or no response to placebo. And that difference um, creates noise in the data. So, so we're trying to account for that mathematically using machine learning and predictive, uh, predictive modeling. Gotcha. And, I, and obviously, my bad for looking at the word because it's place bell, but I, I, I get it. It's, it's placebel, right? For placebo yes. type, type exactly. scenario. Now it makes sense. So I'm, I'm doing this. How, <laughs> how is it that the placebel does its job? What is it that it does yes. uh, without getting too technical and too medical? Uh, because you're going to lose me and most of us, I think. <laughs> So, so we've developed a questionnaire that, that looks at key aspects of the patient's personality, their motivations, their beliefs, their perceptions, um, key, key components of that that relate to placebo response. It's very easy to administer. It's sort of like a questionnaire you might find in a magazine where there are simple statements mm-hmm. and the patient just responds on a five-point scale. So one of the questions might be, for example, I always worry about making mistakes when dealing with other people. And the, 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 the patient then decides whether they're going to, whether they agree, strongly agree, moderately agree, disagree, or strongly disagree. Just five point scale. And it's very, and, and they're instructed to, to answer very spontaneously. Hmm. And we take that information. And like I said, we've, we've developed predictive models that consider that psychological information. They consider some other typical data collected at baseline. Um, things like maybe how long the patient has had the disease for which they're being treated. Um, we use that as inputs to our machine learning based model. And then we worked with the, the, the statisticians that are analyzing the data from the trial. Of course, the statisticians are responsible for, for determining if the, if the, the response in the patients that receive drug is significantly different than the response in the patients that receive placebo. And we help them to include this data in the analysis. And what we found is that it, it has a profound impact. I'm reducing the risk of, of, of a failed trial if the drug is actually efficacious. Wow. And, and what I think is fascinating is like in the example you gave, clearly has nothing to do with perhaps the disease or the, the issue that the medication is required for or the medication itself. And it kind of makes you wonder, well, why would they ask such a question? Well, again, it's because of the machine learning, this artificial intelligence that's hoping to put mm-hmm. things together and make sense out of everything. Uh, I, I get how that can make a difference if you're asking a few questions Absolutely. like that and where they steer you know how how are they they dealing with it uh, now it's it's beginning to come together for me so uh, I'm assuming yeah, we, that we sort of we sort of see the patient as a filter right they're getting right. all this information as part of the trial and they're processing and filtering it but they're doing that through the lens of their own individual personality their experiences who they are as an, as an individual person and that then is going to filter through and impact their response 
And because of the technology that you're using, I'm assuming that that is what is able to help accelerate the delivery of, of a new medication to the market, for example? Absolutely. So, so what we do is we, you know, we we try really hard and 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 focus this focus this technology on reducing the risk of failed trials. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, what that does is it is failed trials often have to be repeated. In many cases, companies may not be able or willing to repeat trials, so the drugs may be abandoned. If we reduce the risk of failed trials, we accelerate the delivery of medicines to the patient, and and all in all, we can reduce the the timeline and the cost of of the development process. Now, is this something I'm hearing my audience in my head saying, is this FDA approved? Does it need to be? Is it something that is just part of the overall process? And because it can accelerate things, uh, is it looked at favorably or you're getting like, no, 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 we're not rushing any of this. Well, you're not rushing it. It seems to me you're providing a lot more detail. All it is is more data, right? And more data helps the the scientists and statisticians understand what actually happened in the trial. Gotcha. From a regulatory perspective, we're using a tried and true method that is used to account for lots of differences between patients. So when you have a a diverse patient population that's in a clinical trial, you might have patients that have different ages. Um, or different genders, and there are there are statistical ways to account for that that are that are accepted and widely used um, in in clinical data analysis. And we're we're we've modeled this after that approach. So in that sense, it's really um, a a tried and and tested approach. Um, and, and importantly, this has this approach has absolutely no risk. There's no risk to the regulators. So we're not doing anything to the data that would cause a regulator to approve a drug that doesn't work. There's no risk of that whatsoever. Good. And there's no risk that it can compromise the analysis of the data. So it's it's just additive. It's more information. It can only make things better. Gotcha. So it's, it's one of those win-win-win kinds of things. If Absolutely. you have more information, it's always better than not enough information, the way I look at it. Of course. <laughs> okay, terrific. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking on your website, quantify the impact of the mind. Uh, <laughs> Unlock insights into patient psychology to predict patient behavior and treatment response in clinical trials. Now, while that's not something that we as end users, as consumers, are going to necessarily deal with, but certainly others listening and you want to learn more, we invite folks to visit tools, the number four patient. Dot com. And, of course, we'll get you there, too, when they visit our site. Erica, you are a delight to chat with, and, and thank, thank you for you so not much. speaking over my head. Uh, <laughs> I actually get it, uh, what you're doing, and I think, it's, I think it's fascinating. I see a future question, too, that you could ask is, do you listen to Into Tomorrow? And if not, you should. No, whatever. Uh, <laughs> because you want to get everybody's mindset in the right way. But thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, Dave. It was a pleasure. Our pleasure as well. Erica Smith, Vice President of Business Development for Tools, the number four, patient.com. And when you visit us at intotomorrow.com, you're a mouse click away from Erica's site, and you'll see what she and her team are up to on a regular basis. Very fascinating what they're doing. So I hope that uh, they continue that good work. And maybe, just maybe, we'd be able to get really good medicines to market sooner that could help many of us in various different capacities. I think that's awesome. Into Tomorrow continues right here. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned on the Advanced Media Network.
take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does? Hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills. Just pour them in and Hero does the rest. So easy to use and saves me so much time. I never miss a dose. I'm never late for a dose anymore. And that is so critical to me. What I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use. And I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget, did I take that pill or not? Because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. We thank you, as always, for tuning Into Tomorrow. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. If you want to become a podcaster, you'll soon discover the options can be a bit overwhelming. Blueberry makes it easy. Visit blubrry.com. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. This week back in 1901, the Victor Talking Machine Company was incorporated. After a merger with Radio Corporation of America, RCA Victor became the leader in phonographs and many of the records played on them. The famous Victrola phonograph logo with Nipper the Dog and the words His Master's Voice appeared on all RCA Victor phonographs and record labels. In 1954 this week, IBM displayed the first all-transistor calculator. These days, we think of calculators as pocket-sized devices, but this calculator was the size of a desk. Upgrading these machines to transistors from vacuum tubes didn't make them any smaller, but it did allow them to operate using only 5% of the power that ran their predecessors. Boy, imagine trying to use that um, while you try to hide it during a, a test in school. Yeah. It's the size of a desk, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 1957 this week, the first Earth satellite was launched into space by the Soviet Union, effectively starting the space race. The craft circled the Earth every 95 minutes at almost 2,000 miles per hour. Sputnik 1 fell from the sky on January 4th of the following year. Finally, the satellite was a little slow, I guess. Well, it's, you know, what, 22-something thousand miles? uh, 22,500, yeah. And this week in 2010, Instagram, a mainstream photo-sharing application, was founded by Kevin Systrom and Mike Krieger. Just a year and a half later, it would be acquired by Facebook for a billion dollars, which incidentally is about a dollar for every active user the platform currently has. Parental guidance is suggested. Especially on Instagram. <laughs> yes. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the global innovation show since 1924 for consumer tech and home appliances, and by IFA Next, the launchpad for innovations. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com. There you go. Special question for all of our listeners, but especially our new KATL listeners. Uh, we want to make sure you get our free once-a-week tech newsletter. It's got tech news in it and some hmm thoughts that make you smile and a whole bunch of other stuff that you certainly want to receive. It's free. How do you sign up real quick? Enter your email address in the box that pops up when you visit our site at intotomorrow.com. 